Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey everyone, and welcome to another session of uh, Friday Finance on Cash Talk. And once again, I'm joined by Mason Thorne. Mason, how are you? Going well, thanks, John. Going well. Happy Friday. That's it. That's it. Um, to all the viewers and listeners, sorry that we couldn't be on last week. I actually fell ill. I was uh, knocked about and I couldn't bring myself to actually jump on the screen. I actually couldn't bring myself to get out of bed. And I know we had plans to talk about part two of growth stra- uh, stage strategies, but we will pick that up um, uh, next week in the next um, in the next podcast. But Mason, today we're talking about building wealth for kids. And there's a, a lot of different things that we need to take into consideration when we're building wealth for kids. It's obviously the monetary side, but there's the, also the non-monetary side, which we'll unpack today. And we help professionals and young families really kind of help them to grow their wealth. And one of the concerns that they have is, or one of their goals really is to make sure that they build their wealth. And then one of their concerns is the wealth that they build that their kids don't just go off and blow it. Um, you know, so we're really going to unpack, you know, how we work around that, what's our thoughts around that. And, and, and hopefully if there's anyone, um, you know, on the live as well too, we're happy to answer any questions that you may have in regards to this topic, because I do get a lot of questions in regards to this, um, you know, around kids as well. So Mason, over to you a little bit, but let's just talk about the nuts and bolts of investing. So when we talk about investing for kids, okay, and what we're literally talking about is where they put money away for their for their kids. Um, what's it for and what are they really like? What do we need to look out for in that scenario? So, you know, let's walk through it. Yeah, couple come, they've got a couple of kids and they want to invest for their children's future. Yes, I think the first and foremost is what's it actually for? So... I know it's a quite common one that we, we get, John, is a, a couple of parents come in and say, oh, I want to save a house deposit for when my kids reach 21 because um, it's a, a bit of a fear that they will never be able to get into the property market. So mm. I want to help them out, save a bit of money, be able to give that to them in their early 20s so, so they can set themselves up financially, which I think is a really, really nice goal. But it also might be, oh, I want to just have some money there so they can buy a car or so they can travel, so they can, they can do whatever they want with it. Um, so depending on the goal, that really does change the strategy of how we're going to build that because obviously buying a car is a hell of a lot different to a home deposit, particularly in, say, 18 years' time. A home deposit is going to be quite a large large investment. Um, so depending on the goal, that will really determine on what we sort of look to recommend in terms of saving for the, the, the client's ch- children. Um, I hope that makes sense, John. Yeah, 100%. I think understanding the goal and understanding the objective then allows us to put the strategies and the solutions in play because really what they're boiling down to when we dig a little bit deeper is they want their kids to be in a position that they were all better, yeah? So we've got to look at the vehicles that allow us to do that, okay? So let's talk about just simply like the deposit for the house, okay? So... The biggest thing is about the deposit of the house is that you can do that in actually a few ways. It doesn't mean that you necessarily need to save in a separate account for them to have a certain deposit, is it, Mason? Like, 
they can build their own wealth and then earmark their own wealth to have that for the children, can't they? 100%. It's a funny one. It's almost like in in your mind, you think, oh, it has to be separate, but it doesn't. It could be building your own wealth to get yourself to a position where gifting a house deposit is mm-hmm. is in your in the realms of possibility. Um, so it's not like you have to do one thing or the other. It's, it can definitely be a mix of both. Potentially having the kids saving in an offset account, so it's offsetting your mortgage while it's building away for the kids down the line. So yeah, there's just so many ways to go about it. And I think something we'll touch on. I think one of the biggest biggest things is do you invest in the kid's name, your own name, or somewhere else? I think that's probably when people come to think about investing for children, I think that's the question that comes to mind straight away. It's like, oh, where should it go? Like, mm. where should like, is it in the kid's name? Because that's going to be better down the line or it should be in my name. Mm. It does it quite complex when we think about where exactly the money should be held for children. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and the thing is, is that, We've got to bear in mind that miners get taxed at a, at a penalty rate after about $416 worth of earnings. So, you know, if you're looking to put some significant amount of funds, that's going to get chewed up and be taxed at the highest marginal tax rate. And, and there's a portion of it that is at, at penalty rates. Now, the thing is, is that you then need to think about the ownership structure and to, and to navigate this through. Now, I'm a firm believer that for most people, they need to look after themselves first before they look after their kids, okay? And it might sound selfish because it goes against the goal, but I'm just going to play this out a little bit. Let's say you've got young children, I don't know, five and seven, okay? And you want them to have, by 21 and say 18, you want them to have the ability to have a deposit for a house. Now, if you've put your money into a separate fund or a separate you know, vehicle, away from your own in, in um, your own structure, that might deteriorate or like slow down the ability to, for you to pay down debt and build wealth yourself, okay? Now, then we've got to seek about, like Mason said, around the, the, the holdings of those assets. So let's say you are going to invest, okay? Well, knowing that there's these penalty rates in regards to what children are taxed at, well, then how do you own it? Are we owning it in your name? Are we owning it in your partner's name? Are we owning it jointly? Are we owning it through an entity like a family trust? But then we've got to see around the purposes of how this money is going to be held for the long term. Or should we be using a particular vehicle? Should we be deploying an investment bond? Yeah, like there's just so many different options that are available to the individuals, but it's all based on the purpose, okay? And understanding the time horizon around that. So there's the vehicle of how you do it and the questions you ask in regards to what's the purpose for and the tax deductibility in the ownership structure. But there's actually a really, really big one, Mason, that sometimes people mainly avoid. But the biggest investment they can do for these young children is actually investing, teaching them how to wealth create themselves. Okay. Now, obviously, I've worked with clients over the years at many different stages of their life. Okay. And there's clients that are mega wealthy and haven't taught their children about money. So they can't create it themselves which is a problem. And when they get their hands on it, they blow it. So imagine we've built this plan, we stick to it for years and years and years, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And then your children don't know how to manage it when it goes to them or when you gift it that deposit or whatever they're going to do and they just blow it all. How would you feel if you set them up with that house deposit and they don't know how to manage that and they end up going, you know, they end up defaulting on their mortgage and they can't keep up with repayments. 
they're most likely going to come back to the bank of mum and dad and say, help us out. And then all of a sudden your wealth creation is deteriorating and then you've got longevity risk of your money potentially not outliving you based on the plans that you did because we didn't plant the seeds with the kids so young. Everyone that's following me knows how much, how serious I take this with my children. Because I've seen it happen. I know what happens. It's one of those things. It's just like once I've been in the game for long enough, I can see where the, the problems are and I don't want that ha to happen to myself. And my children are still young, so we'll wait to see what happens, but I'm trying my best. And that's what we can ask. So we need to invest as much monetarily as we need to invest non-monetarily on teaching them how to create and maintain wealth. And Mason, obviously, it's something that we're passionate about. I know you're passionate about as well, but education is the key, really, is it, in, in this one around the education of the couple themselves or the partner or the father or the mother or whoever it is first and then educating the children isn't it even before any money is exchanged 100 it's just so so important i know putting putting a large lump of summer money in, in any 18 year old's hands can go can go wrong um when you're 18 your goals are a lot different your life's a lot different to when even when you're 28 like that 10 year period there's so much growth in that time like I'm just thinking in my own instance, John, like if, if my parents gave me a lump sum when I was 18, I don't I don't even know what I would have done with it. Like I was at university at the time. I had no idea where I wanted to live. I had no idea um, of, of anything really. Like would have I blown that money on just random stuff because I, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need to buy a house right now. So it's such no just knowing this is money wasn't talked about in my in my house i was just sort of it was a bit of a taboo subject as i know mm. you mentioned that on the facebook group this week like it it, it was and it still is um mm. a taboo subject we just don't talk about it. no one knows what anyone makes or any of those or what everyone has or anything because it's just it's a bit of shame around it like it's mm. oh you don't earn as much as this person here oh it's a bit you put yourself in the little box but it's the education around it is just so, so important. And I always sort of opt to, if you're going to gift money to children, yeah, make sure they know what it's for, mm. know how to use it. Because mm. I think everyone sort of thinks that when you get a lump sum of money that you'll just automatically do the right thing. Like uh, The lottery is a great example. Most people get this massive lump sum of money and then they blow it. It's like, mm. oh, I'd never do that. Mm. Well, the, the facts show that you probably would. So mm. it's it's... It's such an interesting landscape. So knowing what to do with money is more important than actually having it, which is quite, quite, quite a conundrum. And, and have a look at these NBA players, for example, or these basketballers, or even these footy players that get massive contracts in their younger days and then they finish their career and they've got no money. This happens because of education. Now, in most cases, I think it's a really poor idea for you to gift money to your children. You're gonna say, John, oh my God, you're heartless. You, you know, they they got it so hard. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's not to say that you can't give them a loan, yeah, that they repay and give back. Like most people in their estate planning, they when they pass away, the money's gonna to go to them anyway. Okay. But it teaches them a lesson. It's not this free ride. Life is not this free ride. And you've got to teach them how to build wealth and create wealth themselves. You know, I thanked my mother. I remember, and I didn't at the time. I remember when I first started the business. 
I needed money. I needed money to start it up, Mason. You know, I had no no cash available. Okay, I was starting from nothing. I was a twenty year old guy at the at the point, and, and yes, I was traveling the world, seeing Europe, partying up all my money, and but I needed cash. And she said, "I'll I'll set you up, but you got to pay it back to me." And we had terms in which we had to pay it back. All right, and I realized how much that repayment was out of my cash flow. Okay. And I wanted to knock it off as quickly as possible. Now that lesson that she taught me from that point onwards has stayed like that forever. Okay. And there's certain things that you're taught that will stay with you forever. You know, my father, for example, in regards to looking at problems in a certain way has helped me to thrive in business because business you're in the world of solving problems. And so he taught me, if you want to make something great in this world, solve the problem that no one could solve. And you do that, have a look at Elon Musk. He's a pretty rich guy. He does it a little bit better than me. Um, so we need to be making sure that we teach our kids how to create wealth and also maintain wealth. Okay? And this is the fundamentals of investing in your children to make sure that they can build wealth. Now, yes, you can put money into investment bonds, you can put money into family trusts, you can put money into whatever, but that's only going to get you so far. Because even if you built hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, you need to go to the root of the problem, which is education. Now, I can tell you this, I've advised clients with hundreds of millions of dollars in assets, okay? And the first thing they tell me is their biggest concern is their children's wealth education. Okay. Now this is coming from people that are in the top few percent in regards to worthness in Australia. Okay. And why is that the case? It's because exactly what we're talking about here today, you can build wealth. The first generation builds it. The second generation burns it. And then the third one desires it. Okay. Oh, I just wish my old man managed the money right that my grandfather did. Yeah. Now, if you can get this right, if you can invest the right way from a money management perspective and then create the, create the right behaviours and the right education, you can make money last forever and change the course of history for your family. Now, I get it. Doing it yourself is hard. And you've got to be honest with you one another. Do you, as maybe as parents of these children or parents of these children, do you have the right behaviors and the right education? And I know Mason, we're obsessed with helping our clients be educated and, and have the right behaviors, but the, the, the amount of investment that they're having to their children as well, because their children are observing this around them is groundbreaking, okay? And remember that most of your money mindset and your behaviors happen from your parents or the people who you spend the most time around. So we need to change this. We need to do this. So one, yes, from a money management perspective, keep an eye on the, the ownership structure. Keep an eye on the tax scenarios. Make sure you work it out. Don't put yourself into poverty to make them rich. Yeah, because I can assure you that by the time you get to that point, you know, do you really want them taking care of you? Take care of yourself first and then take care of them. I know it sounds a bit selfish, but you look at it from a health perspective. If you're not healthy, you can't be any help to them either. Okay. So we don't want to, we don't want to be a burden on our children or most parents don't want to be. Okay. Sort yourself out first, 
create the right behaviors then for you and the right education and then invest them into your children as well. Bruce Lee says, don't give your children what you didn't have, teach your children what you didn't know. Okay. And when it comes to wealth, I can assure you it is fundamentally the biggest number one thing you need to do to ensure that you can build wealth forever. Any that's, comments, Mason? Because I know I've got some, a bit deep. That, that's some pretty sound advice there. I think what you're saying there is very similar to what they tell us when we're on the, on the airplane, John. We've got to put our own mask first before we put on the masks of other people. So I, and I've often seen this, it's, it's even with my friends and things, where they say, oh, I, I want to invest in my children. It's like, fantastic. But they're actually not investing for themselves. So it's like, I think the act is noble, but it's not... I don't think the priority is right because the more money education you have, that's going to compound and be probably even better than what a $200 a week investment might be for the kids down the line. If you do both, fantastic, but sort your own house out first, then worry about the children. If your yeah. own house is sound, you, you're more likely to help out your children down the line. Maybe that's a guarantor on a loan. As you said, maybe that's lending your kids money instead. So it does teach them that aspect rather than getting a gift. I know I, if I was gifted $100,000 or earned $100,000, I know what I'd value more. It's mm -hmm. worth the same, but the value is different. And that, I think mm -hmm. that's so, so important. So, yeah, I think, yeah, putting on your own, own mask first, um, very, very key when it comes to building wealth for multiple generations. And Mason, it was only this week that I, I saw... And in a, a couple, um, and they were they were quite financially challenged, to be honest with you. They they had a they had a massive uphill. They were down to one single income. The wife was on mat leave, and fortunately for her, her dad and her mum put her in a house where she was rent free. So they had an investment property. They built up enough wealth that she was rent free. And people are going to say, John, what's wrong with that? Like, that's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. But what they forgot to tell her, and she admitted it to me, is they never told her how they built their wealth. They never taught her how they created it to put them in a position to be able to do that. Now, she's got three children of her own. Okay. So she struggles to understand how to create the wealth. And when I asked her, did mum and dad talk about money at home? No, no, no. Don't talk about it. Did they teach you how to create it? No, no, no. So what happened? It's like a lost language or a lost secrets of history that goes away. Now, we're working with her to help build the behaviours and the education and all of that, but imagine how much of a head start she would have had if the parents just sat there and invested the time in the education or hired someone to do the education, even if you want to do tutoring in wealth creation, which, like I said, I do for some people. Imagine that. Imagine how much that would be. Now, like I said, the, the really wealthy and elite are more concerned about what I can teach their children rather than managing their money because they know how to create it themselves. Yeah, but around teaching your children. So you, when I talk about investing for kids, you need to think about two things. Yes, there's a physical investment, like going into onto a even you know uh, you know the actual money management. Then you can do education. Okay, now the education, how do you do it, is the other thing. So this is the thing. 
So first and foremost, I think when it comes to children, and when I speak to educators as well, when it comes to young children, it's very much about gamifying things, okay? So trying to gamify as much as possible. Now, depending on what ages your children are, you obviously start basic and you build yourself up. My son, at about three or four years old, we were doing the identification of assets and liabilities. We're working on to more harder subjects now. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, but ultimately, when he's in his teens, he should be able to do most things himself. He should be able to, and even my youngest one, should be able to manage their money themselves and understand the basic concepts about wealth creation. And some of the young younger guys that are in my team, they actually started their own wealth creation journeys when they were like 15 and 16 themselves. And their ability to do what they can do as 22, 23-year-olds is absolutely astonishing. And I know Mason's you know, uh, amazed that, for example, what JK can do in our practice. But he started his wealth creation journey when he was 16, learning about stocks and what it means and PE ratios. And so if you've got teenage kids, there's kids out there that can do this. It's just around his father and his mother spending the time with him um, to, to do that so that he can stand up on his own two feet. So you've really got to just invest the time as you would with mathematics as you would with english as you would with science and roll out a curriculum to help do that now a lot of people come to me and say john why aren't the schooling systems why aren't the why aren't they why aren't they well they why aren't they for a long long time we can't keep focusing on what you know that we need to focus on what we can do and invest in our children now the dividends that this pays of this education is phenomenal when you've got your children that are wealth creation ninjas and your wealth creation ninjas, imagine what that means for the wealth of your kids and the wealth for yourself. Absolutely amazing. Okay. And I can tell you, if it's not done right, if you don't get your own house in order, you know how I talked about the first one makes it, the second one breaks it, and the third one desires it. What ends up happening is, is that the second generation, if you don't make it, burns for the desire to make it okay now in all honesty mason how many people actually really make it not many okay so this is like planting seeds okay planting seeds for fruitful trees and what you've got to do is you've got to teach your children how to water those trees themselves protect them Guard them, keep growing them, okay? And it's easier to get fruit out of a tree that's already grown than have to replant it themselves, okay? So just think about that for a moment, okay? Now, if you want any resources, please reach out. I'm obsessed with this stuff. Obviously, as a parent myself, I want to be able to do this, but... I know Mason, this is a passion for yours because we do have a we do have we do see the writing on the wall for most families is they just don't know how. It's a, it's yeah, it's one hundred percent right. And I know you, like when you mentioned the generational aspect, it the to flip it on its head, it only takes one generation to change the the direction of your whole family. Yeah, it only takes that one generation to say, oh, "I'm going to change this. I'm going to make it." But to do that, you have to do things that other people aren't willing to do. You can't you can't do the same thing as everyone else and expect a different result, like the old Einstein saying uh, about insanity. Um, so it does take sacrifice and things. Like 
the kid, like the kids who have really excelled, like a, we'll use JK as an example. I'm sure mm-hmm. he had a bit of sacrifice when he was learning these things. Like, oh, I can't, I can't play as much computer games or whatever JK liked to do because I'm going to do the research instead. That's a mm-hmm. massive sacrifice. Reading, doing this, it's a massive sacrifice. But that knowledge, it's only been what he's 22 now. Like that's six years, six years ago, for example. Like that's already paying massive dividends in his life. Like I'm sure if he could go back in time, he wouldn't change that. It's but he's done that differently. Not all kids are like that. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it seems self up. And the younger you do it, obviously, the better you've got more time to compound that away. So, yeah, yeah it's just so, so important. I think I think Pill can, you can change the course of your history. You can do it. It just takes takes a lot of effort and sacrifice. And that's what we're, that's what we're here to help with too. That's it's, mm. it's what we're here for. So, so for us, obviously, we take a lot of that heavy lifting away, yeah, and and make it easier for families to be able to educate their children by, you know, educating them that they then pass on and they can use that in a compounding effect for their children. But it's just it's a, it's an interesting fact how people don't don't do this, okay. And what I mean by that is that I understand that most people's lives are busy, okay, but we all know as parents, for example, that or people or even adults, children are constantly observing you. So if you can just change the way that you are and their observations of what they look at, you can then change change that for them. Now, Mason, early on, you talked about, you know, the taboo in the household. Mm. It's not hard to just talk about money at home. Like it's not uh, like we're not asking to do worksheets and just sit there and do theses and what that like just baby steps, like just start talking about it. Like explain to them when you go bip at the, at the counter, what that means, like what actually happens when, when you go bip and pay for something. Yeah. When you get paid, like rip out a pay slip. Yeah. When they may be a bit older and show them and say, this is what I get paid. This is the tax that comes out. This is how much I end with. What's tax. Okay. Tax is when, and just understanding that and like I said, it doesn't need to be onerous. It doesn't need to be this thing that you need to be spending heaps of time on. It's just exposing them to it. And then over time, start to create some more interest, okay? And it'll be, and you'll be quietly surprised how much the younger generation aspire to be great. Hmm. Remember the imaginary of you being young and just wanting to be a superhero? Well, what happens if you could harness that superhero for them to be something great in their life and have a fulfilled life that they've never had before? Okay. I'll constantly say to my son, my eldest one, because my youngest one is still a bit young, but I will tell him, never stop dreaming. Okay. Aspire to be be whatever you want to be. Okay. And when you do that, you can see that there's a fulfillment of life. And the fulfillment of life today, we're talking about wealth. It's obviously much more than that. Yeah. But if we can do that and harness that and then teach them the tools about health, wealth, you know, spiritual, whatever you want to do on the wheel of life, this is what I'm referring to. Well, how amazing are you setting up your children? Now, guys, obviously, we're going quite deep today because you know how much it means to me and I know how much it means to Mason. But the point and purpose of today really is to understand, yes, the investment choices you need to make are going to be determined around the purpose of the money, the ownership of the money, so that there's not 
a lot of taxes on what you're paying for and there's not a lot of deductions because the two biggest erosions of people's wealth especially for your kids over time is fees and taxes you need to try and minimize those as much as possible okay so when you're identifying the purpose of the money you need to see what the purpose is and who's the better hands in it's better than your hands better than their hands widget we're saying in most cases make sure you've looked after yourself first before you look after them and if you're looked after, then look after them. So like you've got to go through this process of decision-making and to then identify. Now, when you go to identification in regards to the time horizons, you then need to look at how long you need to be investing the money before you're going to need them withdrawing it or redeeming it or calling on that. Short-term money, safety. Medium-term money, income. Third-term, uh, long-term money, seven to 10 years, growth-orientated, okay? It's the money management. Done. Systemized, autopilot, make it easy, push it across. Biggest problem, behavior. Create shitload of wealth for them, millions and millions of dollars. They get it, you haven't taught them anything. Woohoo! Off to Vegas with the boys for three weeks, blow it all. You just spent 20 years creating it and they've blown it in two weeks at Vegas. Okay? So if we don't do the money management with the behavioral coaching and the education, then that could possibly happen. Okay, so we need to be making sure we've got that. And this doesn't sound too dissimilar to what we tell you guys, okay? They're about yourselves. But what the other aspect around your kids is that they're observing you, okay? Like smoking parents, the kids, there's a highly likely chance that they're going to smoke. Like the probability of them being smokers is high. Yes, there's people that don't like it, but the probability and numbers and the stats say that it's more likely that they're smokers. Same when it comes to wealth creation. Okay, if two parents know how to create wealth and manage it. There's a highly likely chance the kids are going to learn from you about how to do that, but only if you talk about it. If you don't talk about it and you keep your secrets to you, how are they going to know? All right. So guys, today's been a great one. Love love talking about this topic. Hopefully you guys got a hell of a lot out of it. Um, Mason, I know you love talking about it as well. Next week, we're going to get back into growth strategies, um, uh, growth strategies or growth stage strategies. Um, but hopefully everyone's enjoyed that and I look forward to jumping on next week and hopefully I'm not ill and I'm still uh, ready and roaring. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.